0: Today and toast another beautiful day, another podcast, another thing to talk about. Um, I hope you guys are doing well. Um, with all the corona thing, and again with the PKP, everybody's sitting at home for the billionth time. We're just waiting for our moment to be free. We're just at this point, we're just wasting our youth sitting in front of a laptop screen or whatever you guys are doing. Anyways, um, I hope you guys already registered for the vaccine. The ones who have taken the AstraZeneca ones. Um, good luck because I heard that like there's a lot of um, side effects basically, but it's only for the first day after. So make sure to take care of yourselves after getting that shot. And yeah. So, anyways, today we're having a really special episode. Um, this is a part of my final year project with, as well as my classmates from. Interpersonal communication. Um, we're all interpersonal communication students, basically from UITM. So we're doing this final year project about esports. You know, everybody is at this point in time. Everybody wants to become an esports player. You know, but most people think like, "Hey, esports is just you know, just you playing games. What what more is there to it? Actually, it's a lot more. So." Our main goal for this um, event that we're holding is actually to dive deeper into eSports, you know, like what goes on inside an eSports. Actually, nobody knows, not, not many people know that actually an eSports team is actually similar to a sports team, basically. You have your managers, you have your casters, casters being uh, your penyampai, basically your um you know, those football announcers that goes like, go, 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 whenever someone scores. It's basically like that. We call casters. Um, we have your strategists and a whole other bunch of different um, inside uh, management things that you, that you wouldn't know is actually a job. So, today, we have a very special guest. Uh, we're going to be talking to an esports player slash... Well, he had an, uh, an an experience in doing a little bit of casting here and there. But, you know, so I'll introduce, I'll first introduce our guest. His name is Muhammad Amar. He's actually our sir, our lecturer. Um, he has been playing quite a few games here and there at Dota. Um, and the one that is popping up a lot was uh, uh, Arena of Valor and also Carfight Vanguard, you know. Vanguard is, I think some of you would know from the anime scene that it's actually an anime developed into an actual game, you know. So he has been a Malaysian representative twice, or and one of them was he was even a top eight finalist for Japan in uh, a tournament in Japan. So you gotta give credits where credit where it's due, you know. So without further ado, uh, let's invite our uh um, guest to introduce himself Walmart Omar as Troy if i mentioned that correctly so <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right Mayo, thank you so much yeah hello there guys excited to be here with you all today in itself uh I'm liking it. I'm liking the energy that we have here. You are talking about esports, and then we're talking about you know the leverage that we have, yeah, going into this untapped, you know, raw potential, yeah, that we have. Yeah, um, I like the likening that you did there in the, uh, in the earlier phase. Yeah, we're talking about like, while we don't have people shouting "goal, goal, goal," but you can feel the excitement, yeah, every time uh, a play has been made. You've seen it a lot. You've seen it before. And likewise, I'm I'm just excited to be here with you all and yeah, let's see what we can do and discuss about yeah as much as possible when it comes to you know youth esports and where it's heading.
0: Thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it, sir. Or um no, today we'll keep it casual, like we'll call you asteroid or, or sir you know, when it comes the time comes, okay? Definitely. Um, uh, being an esports player, you know, um, what was like the main problem that you had like the main uh what do you call it view that people had on you when you say oh i play esports well, what was their first look and intake on you
1: oh, that, that depends on the generations that i've been playing yeah <laughs> um well when i was a teenager the perception was you know it's okay he was playing games you know like him let him have his fun but at the same time you know you can't really um Go too much into it, you're wasting time. Yeah, you have SPM, yeah, you have yeah. you you have your future to think about. You have university, you have a lot of time to play after that. And then when you, when I'm in you know when I'm in university. Kind of the same concept. <laughs> they that, yeah, they, they kind of think that I'm just wasting my time playing games day in and day out. You know, they say that I'm I'm destroying my eyes, I'm destroying my ears.
0: <laughs> no, there's the main thing that parents yeah. would always attack you. Like, you, you, tak sayang your
1: eyes, you exactly. <laughs> and, and you'll be very surprised, yeah, to know that uh the views that your parents have, the concerns that they have, yeah, are the concerns that community as a whole yeah or the general audience have as well when it comes to you know spending your time too much in front of the screen in front of your mobile and then you know they start to think that uh there might be some long term health damages there yeah because you're not you exactly, uh, yeah it's not exactly sorry uh, it's not exactly like playing actual physical sports right you're not actually going out there and and actually you know
0: moving your body around yeah, uh. I mean. <laughs> well that's another misconception like people would say a lot of people would say esports is not actually a sport you know when you look into like the context of sports, you know what what is the definition of sport it's something that you have to uh you have the physical capability to do and also it has meant it mentally challenges you at the same time as well so it it requires skill even though games you seem like oh it's not that much you know um, you just point and click. What What else are you supposed to do? Well, when you actually dive into it, you actually find out how difficult and how hard it is to actually play that certain game that you you doubt. You know, yeah. So yeah, like um, seeing how you would um, you were basically when I heard you you were an esports um uh, player and teaching us, you know, I got slight, very excited. You know, it it feels like I. I'm finally with someone who is who understands why we play so <laughs> games so much. <laughs> yeah. So um, being uh over the course of the years, like how what kind of games did you start off with? Like, like what kind of games do you like? Oh, I want to play this competitively. I want to join this competition. Like where is?
1: be honest it all started out with just console gaming yeah it came from the game boy actually yeah the very first game boy color i feel so old talking about it yeah i don't think anybody even knows what a game boy is anymore uh it comes from there yeah uh when i heard that when i was eight years old and i heard that you know pokemon has like you know a really competitive scene and then and it was it's it's very retro now if i show you a video clip of it it's superbly retro how people sit You know, uh, side by side or you know, front to front, and then they have a cable connecting them. Yeah, that's like the earliest form. Those were the days. (laughs) (laughs) Those were the days. Yeah, and and I guess that's where my interest uh, came in. You know, um, I I was in Japan and I I saw that you know they were playing this, and I I got very excited. I said that oh, so you know, there are actually people out there playing this, and then there's some form of reward for it. Yeah, but uh in itself after that yeah so it, I developed from there and then it goes into of course yeah every every high school Malaysian kid would go through the Dota phase as well you know actually, I, I'm, I
0: didn't go through the Dota phase actually <laughs>
1: it, it was a pretty big thing uh, for the uh, for the early 2000s yeah because we were very excited you know cyber phase were a thing you know we can't afford all those expensive you know computers and it was very expensive back then yeah, yeah that's where the interest developed yeah uh, but of course there were a lot of obstacles to it and uh, uh, I'm pretty sure we can discuss about that in, later on yeah but yeah that's where the, the interest first developed you know you have friends playing with you and then you think that you know this is pretty fun
0: okay Um, I see that you have gone to or well, being in 2020 would you would do you have gone to Japan to play Card 5 Vanguard or would it be like an online kind of thing Uh if, if... COVID was the
1: thing. Uh actually uh I, w- I was in Japan actually for the twenty twenty tournament. Yeah. It was early January. There's no you know border control yet at that time. Uh the qualifiers was was in twenty nineteen, it was very intensive. And then after that, you know, we we you know we we pushed that ticket in, yeah. You know? We got it, uh, my team got it, and then in itself we wanted the individual and the groups to qualify to represent Malaysia in itself, yeah. And then we went there we were actually in tokyo we were there for three days and um well let's just say that you know yeah it was pretty cool the the tournament wise it was really huge yeah they were promoting uh they were promoting the game in itself it's on mobile and they had the global version just out and then we were like you know yeah we were just there to to soak it in but then of course you know COVID happened so they didn't have any other tournaments after that uh because they had to yeah, you know, they had to see whether or not it was actually viable to have it uh you know on later days yeah pandemic is a thing that,
0: mm. true well, I thought that you were also a game shout caster was the difference between a a game caster and uh, a game What's it called again? It's not um I can't remember what it called um yeah. uh, hold on yeah a, a shout. Caster. yeah what's the difference between a game a game caster and a shout caster
1: well it's uh, uh, it's more of a play by play kind of thing uh when you go into a game caster kind of mode it's it feels more restrictive it feels a bit that you know you have these restrictions on you of course the, the similarities is that you know there's no profanities you're not supposed to curse yeah uh all of the basic ethics when you're you're casting yeah are there but um in short casting scenario and mode you're there with the people um you know uh it's more on live commentary that you the play-by-plays are you have your mm-hmm. audiences, Yeah, they are interacting with you and then you are just excited. Yeah, You're you a pundit. You're there. You know what you're talking about. You know what you're saying and then more often than not, you're that annoying little voice that says, oh, he should have done this. He should have done that. Yeah?
0: yeah, It's always the caster that thinks yeah. they know better. You know what? In fact, when you're in that position, you would
1: Yes, exactly. The pressure gets to you.
0: <laughs> well, obviously, everybody can say, like, uh, it's so easy, but when you're under pressure, it's a whole other different story, you know? Yeah, a
1: whole other scenario. Yeah. Whenever, I, whenever I rewatch it back, and then when, when, when I listen to it. But yeah, that's the, that's the main difference is that, you know, you, there's a basic narrative commentary when you're game casting, yeah? And most of, uh, more often than not, it's not ex- exactly live, yeah? You're not doing mm-hmm. it on the fly. It's yeah. it's pre-recorded so that you know you if you have any errors if you have any issues or you know flags when it comes to, uh, the language uh, issues okay. as well. Yeah, it can be edited out, but yeah. the shoutcaster is there. They're live streaming it. Yeah, they are there doing most of the work, and yeah. I guess it's is the important rule of of ensuring that you know the number taps on on your viewers don't go don't go lower a certain bar. <laughs>
0: Okay, being a shoutcaster yourself, what do you feel like? Um, do you feel like it can be developed into something more than just you sitting in front of a computer just um, talking about the game that's going on? Like, do you feel like it's, it's a whole other different world that everybody should look into?
1: It's, it's definitely a viable position. You see, when people think about esports, they think that, oh, you just have to be a player and then that's it. You know, that's all about esports is you're the player, you're playing it. But they're not thinking about the background work. You know, they're not thinking about, you know, there's potential in you organizing the game You're there's potential you're working with the system there. And then when it comes to shotcasting as well, yeah, yeah, it's more than just sitting behind your behind your screen, yeah, in front of your screen and then having the webcam there. There are a lot of things that you have to think about. You have to think about, you know, what to see, how to act, yeah? They're monotonous uh commentary does not get anyone's attention right yeah, it's it, it, it stale <laughs>
0: <laughs> very true
1: but yeah i mean when, when the games go on for six to eight hours yeah and they do yeah there are certain games that i actually cast it for over eight hours yeah and then the the breaks are are about 10 to 15 minutes in between um you have to keep up the energy. You have to make sure that you know you look excited. You need to powder up during the breaks that you have in between. Yeah, you need to you need you need you need to look like you're still. It's just like you know you're still full of yeah. Is is you're still at a hundred percent. You have to give the audience that kind of potential. I think that yeah, it's it's a one path one career path that you should think about as well. Yeah, because mm-hmm. not everything is on television anymore. It's okay. it's a rival position there.
0: Seeing how, like, um, I'm pretty sure you have been keeping up with um, the Malaysian ca- shout casting community as well and the casters community as well. Where do, you, do you feel like the community is slowly growing or do you feel like there's more um, things that the community can do to put themselves out there? Because this is like, cause, like I said, nobody, not many people know what ca- uh, shoutcasting shout is or casting is. And... Um, what kind of like skills do you feel like they need to actually in, like for example if i'm interested in casting like what do i need to to get inside shoutcasting? casting is there a community i can join is there, is there like a community that um is registered and anywhere as like my uh you can say like my is the shoutcaster now okay you can hire me oh. Oh, back even when when
1: i first started doing this as well yeah uh the course, um, with any career path as well, I, I brace myself for rejections after rejections. Yeah, There is a path that, you know, if you want to try out, especially in the esports scene, they usually have uh, a lot of uh open interviews that you know you can give your uh a pre-recorded video of you doing a a sample yeah a sample shoutcasting the way that you do it and then uh, a commentary on yourself and then you send it out to these companies and then you know you keep sending it out for every every events uh that uh they are looking for shoutcasters and then and then you slowly build your own repo there i remember when uh during the early stages as well yeah there were a lot of shortcasters who were big names in their country right now i knew eric eruption from uh from philippines i knew riku from philippines as well kaisaya from philippines uh they shortcast a lot Locally in their country, and then they're very big names now. And back when they started, they were just as nervous as I was as well, yeah. And there's, of course, yeah, in the mobile legend scene, yeah, big names like Ikuto, like Akarakuri, right now, yeah, they're the staple shortcasters in the mobile legend scene, yeah? back when everyone first started in their different paths everyone was just as nervous everyone was just as green as well yeah but you know they kind of get into a groove of things uh, yeah. and especially in the malaysian scene i enjoyed watching the mobile legends commentary yeah i love see uh, i love seeing how they portray themselves and then and then that's that's the advice I can give to uh, to those that think about not trying but they want to try is that they have to try. you know don't you know the rejections will come in or even worse than rejection. Being, no no, being ignored <laughs> being ah, ignored okay. is even worse than that. but it doesn't mean that you stop trying because there will be one point that they want you for the event and then you better be sure that you know you do a good job at it and mm-hmm. then and then you slowly grow off from that. Yeah, nobody starts off saying that they, they're the best at what they're doing. You know, they, they they had the ups and downs, and that's how they got to where they are right now.
0: Yeah, I think most of the start now that I've seen maybe internationally is, they're not actually particularly that young. They're, I think, mainly in their 30s. 30s yeah. <laughs> but they, they have made them, themselves a name that will live on forever. You know, I've seen um, the classic uh, faker, look at the moves. Um, shoutcast the Hiko. What is it? The inhuman reactions, Hiko. Um, shoutcast. You know, once you get into that, I think everybody would already know your name. You know, it's uh, it it took them quite a while as well. If I if I'm not mistaken, but now once they're already out there, they're really sought after. You know. Um, how did you get actually? How did you get chosen for for this uh, shoutcasting for the Vanguard recently?
1: Most of it starts off the same, you know. I was a player. They know I'm experienced, and then when the when the spot opened up, um, I I just sent a video over. It. Yeah, I, uh, the main organization Bushi Road in itself. Yeah, so they were looking for shoutcasters. I told them, I uh, know. I told myself actually, you know, hey, maybe I can do this as well. You know, I'm still playing the game. I'm very active with it, but I, uh, you know, it's another path that I might be interested in doing as well. So. I, I sent a video over i talked to a few people they interviewed me they liked me and they said hey okay so why not let's do this you know let's let's make it a thing and then mm-hmm. after that the community tournaments you know it became staple.
0: you know they just
1: yeah let's get this guy to do it let's get this guy to do it and then and then they just it, it just team rolled from there
0: mm-hmm. once basically what you saying is once you're already in it you're in it for the long ride basically a long uh, ride.
1: Kind of like that, but it's more in the sense that you know, if you if you feel that you can do it,
0: it's oh, wow. yeah,
1: it's not easy, and then sometimes uh, it's a bit taxing, yeah, because different tournaments runs on different dates, yeah, different countries have different tournaments on different dates as well, mm-hmm. different times, and then I remember waking up at two a.m. yeah, to to shortcast for for a, a live game in Europe, and it, it's it's kind of like uh, yeah, you have to brace yourself for the times of differences as well. Mm-hmm and you know thinking that because you have a full time job you have to adhere to all of the you know to all of this and then think to yourself that if you can actually you know bring it up
0: okay um, you've been in a team you've been um, how many teams have you jumped into the, the, previously oh. or in the same team
1: uh, currently uh, because the only game that I'm active in are currently uh, Cardfight Vanguard Zero and then of course the real life Cardfight Vanguard as well and then mm-hmm. we've and then we have Wild Rift uh, in itself. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been with the CDG Ronins for as long as I can remember. Yeah, the Malaysian mainstay name in current five Vanguard, the go-to in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we are proud, we were proud to, to, to call ourselves one of the best, you know, <laughs> in the country. Uh, and then uh, when it comes to Wild Rift, you know, cause we were ex League of Legends player, but those were a bit different. Yeah, I, I've been in different teams with different people for different games
0: okay seeing how you've jumped from teams to teams basically how did you feel how do you feel like the management uh went like is it tough for them for you to make for for example like the the team that you're in now so is it how is the management like how is it uh when you first thought how management was and now compared to now what what do you feel the difference was
1: feel that the older I get, the more I am empathic towards the management side. Yes. <laughs> because, <laughs> because as young players, you feel that, you know, sometimes uh, your manager is not doing enough, your coach isn't doing enough for you, that, you know, you can get a better treatment outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do admit that there are bad managers out there, yeah? Those that are only there for the cash and, you know, they're not doing anything above and beyond. But I also understand because, you know, seeing that I'm going into that side as well, that yeah, eventually I felt that it's a tough job. It's a tough job that you're you're trying to manage. Uh, for example, if the team has like five and then one extra reserve player, right? Mm-hmm. To manage six talented individual, and then each of them have their own quirks, and then they have their own you know negative side of things yeah. <laughs> uh, that you know oh, that yeah. And then the difficulty in trying to maintain the harmony there and then, you know, to to do what you're tasked to do, to manage them, to ensure that, you know. And in esports as well, you need to maintain the, the player's health, yeah? actual physical health, and then what they eat, schedule their trainings, and then manage them, to, you know, the registrations. It's a lot of work, and they don't get a lot of recognition for it because the pay isn't a lot, trust me. <laughs> well,
0: seeing how it's still pretty in our Esports is still in the baby stages for now, but uh, seeing how Mobile Legends is picking up, uh, ML is picking up. You know, ML and Mobile Legends, sorry, PUBG is picking up right right now as well. Seeing how it is already, I think ML was the C games. I think it, they were in C games, right?
1: Yeah, so Mobile Legends, PUBG, their household names now in Malaysia. Uh-huh. You know, it's a big game. You know, you want anyone to start mobile games. You want you want your 12-year-old nephew, your son, to start any games, yeah, to go for the esport path is of course mobile engine. Mm-hmm. Uh PUBG is of course the next uh it's equally big. I wouldn't say it's the next best thing. It's it mm-hmm. is equally big. Yeah. They're household names. They're mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with trying out the other side of things, yeah. Like mm-hmm. the one game that I was competitively with mismanagement and misorganizations can actually make a good game fall off yeah and then but you can see that you know how strong mobile legends is how strong pubg is up up till today you know that they're doing something right
0: management-wise you've been you have gone through many things basically and now you're slowly learning into management so are you saying that you're going to go into management after you retire from start Uh, I guess
1: I wouldn't say that I want to go out and do it. I mean, on a personal scale, yeah, it, it, it costs a lot of time, yeah, especially mm-hmm. when it comes, it's, it's a whole different thing than, than you managing your time and your work, and then you want to go into tournaments, and then you want to go into, into shot casting scenes, yeah, uh, in itself, uh, I don't know. <laughs> when it comes to being a manager itself, uh, I'd say that you know, it, it has to be right. It has to be the right game. It has to be the right scene. It has to be the right, uh, right moment. Uh, but for now, no plans for that. But I am invested in learning that side.
0: Yeah. Okay, I see. So, seeing how uh, you joined uh, esports in a very early, early days, basically, when uh, people still think esports wasn't a thing. Where do you see? Um, how do you compare before and after, today and the days before? How how would you compare the esports then and now?
1: Oh boy, uh, in itself, I feel that there's a lot more acceptance today. Yeah, uh, the the public perception is slowly changing. It is becoming more positive. Yeah, we don't have excessive scenes like we do abroad. Yeah, for example, what's happening in mainland China? A lot of their players, you know, too obsessive. And then sometimes they, you know, health issues are deteriorating the things that we worry about that we don't want to portray in e sports, yeah. So and then of course uh community perception and itself. Well, you know, once upon a time they say that, you know, imagine that you're twenty six and you're still playing video games. You know, they 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 call you they they call you a child, you know, they call you immature, but then trying yeah you try that back in the early 2000s and then you're trying it now in 2021 vastly different results yeah but not to say that everyone can make it that's not the that's not the main thing. you know i don't want people to take risk uh to forego education to go into it but the perception here is that you can have it both ways yeah you can have the whole cake and eat it too you can have your an educational background, you can have a stable job, and then you can still be a professional player in itself. Look at He from Valorant, yeah. He mm-hmm. has a stable midday job and he's still one of the best players there is in oh, Valorant. Yeah.
0: He, he used to be a, a big staple in um CSGO scene during the back of the day. Yes, um well. uh, oh, I I I used to play, play I used to play a lot of CSGO during the back of the day. Um and wanting to be one of these players is kind of like rough you know seeing how actually there's actual skill involved in flicking around planning um, and actually the teams also play a major part um, in even though players play a major part in games they're the playing but there are people behind them who plan out for them as well like the strategists and as well did you have like anybody telling you what to do or like um, telling you how to do things here and there
1: back when back when I first started and not so much but uh when we actually got to the national stage and into the international stage um it was actually a pretty it was a big wow moment. It was a big wow moment when you found out that, oh, oh dude, we have a strategist, yeah? We have a guy actually learning about what our opponents are doing. I mean, we do that too. But then this guy, this guy right here is doing it in depth, yeah? It's his job to make sure that he covers every role. He covers uh, every little loophole that we missed. And then it, we were, you know, at first we were a bit perturbed. But after that, you know, we we just kind of got used to it, you know? And it's one less thing that you have to do that that will you know that will that will impair you in any way. But then you have a guy here that that can cover for you just in case. But it is a vital rule, you know. If you don't listen to the guy, then you know why bother having him in the first place, right? <laughs> you you gotta listen to the guy.
0: Uh, fair, fair, because um, gonna it's kind of rough how basically I've been watching League of Legends as well and um, you see those people if you if you have actually watched an esports event you'll see there's these people there's like people on microphones standing behind the players talking to them with their notes and pads you know like okay this is this this telling them what is what like how did it feel like um, do you sometimes feel like ah these strategies don't know what I'm trying I'm, I'm doing you know like <laughs> buzz, buzz off you know have you ever felt that way?
1: I mean I mean Every every good player should at least feel that once in a while, you know, because you, you'll you have this ego, a player's mm-hmm. ego that I don't think it's wrong to have, that you should be having it. If you don't have it, there's something wrong with you, yeah, because you should know that you're the best. Uh, sometimes you have your coach, and the strategist, they're, they're usually the coaches, yeah, and then mm-hmm. you have this coach, and then, of course, you respect their points of view, but then sometimes you just have this gut feeling, you know, yeah. I don't think it's going to work. I don't think this champion is good for this. I think it's going to be counted easily. I need to be... I want to play this one. I want to play this one. And my guy is telling me that. But then the coach says no. And then that's when you receive, you know, that's that's where the tension starts. Hmm. And I guess it depends on, on each individual whether or not they're going to pull through or not, you know? Because if it works, if the strat works, then, you know, all good and fine. But if it fails, then you, you as a player itself will be
0: questioned, you know? Hmm. <laughs> you'll be like, oh, this is what you get for not listening to the manager, you know, and things like that. There's a lot of backlash as well. Okay, I'm um, seeing, um, basically, you've compared the past and present. Um, the government is slowly getting involved into this, and I, I, I really enjoy seeing it being involved slowly. Like, what kind of games do you feel like has a high potential in Malaysia that should be... Ah uh, pursued by the government or players, childcasters, casters, managements or managers, and such
1: on the top of my head it's always about uh profit returns, yeah, so it comes to it if you want it to be a success at an early stage yeah? so the esports can be the doors can be open mm-hmm. or so, uh it- you know, to be accepted fully in Malaysia, you need to gun for those that has the highest profitability and then the highest rating in itself, yeah? And then you need to know your market, you need to know where you're at, you're in Malaysia. So of course, for the top of my head, it has to be Mobile Legend, it has to be PUBG, it has to be, it has to be CSGO. And then Dota in itself, I want to say Dota, but then, you know, majority of our really, really good players are now abroad. They're, really, they're already abroad, they've already abandoned the, you know, uh, you know. The
0: Let's
1: not talk about, yeah let's not talk
0: about the relation scene uh, you know i'm playing in the big times mm-hmm. okay, like yeah. um seeing how um, also you've been uh, playing um abroad as well have you ever been approached by uh, bigger team names like saying hey i want you to play with us during this time like dude, i want you to play with us uh um, for this game have you ever had like those conflicting uh, international teams that call you up Unfortunately, with my case, because I jumped games a lot, yeah, so
1: never had a chance. And uh, I never felt that, even though sometimes when, I, when we do get to the world stage, I never felt that I was good enough. Yeah, there was the mentality that I've had. Uh, it's, I know I'm good, but then when it goes into the world stage, am I good enough on the world stage to go into this international scene? Yeah. And then, of course, uh, it, it would say that. At, at my point at my stage just now I was good enough to go to represent the country but I wasn't good enough to be so the, the, the highest yeah. in the world it, really. yeah I, I felt that I myself saw the wall that I was facing
0: mm-hmm. well it, it's, it's a different stage when you play with international players right because uh, um, you don't know how the world outside is like in the past couple of years or like 3 years ago the there's this one, one scene, one Tekken, if you know Tekken, Tekken 7, yeah, not, yeah, you know yeah. what? Um, It really kind of like uh, tickles my funny bone a bit, you know? Like, all these while Koreans have been dominating that scene, you know? The Koreans of Japan, and out comes this random guy, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't even guess it where, where, where he was from. He was from Pakistan out of all places, and he destroyed everyone. In that scene, basically. So or every, uh, in everybody in Korea decided uh, out of nowhere was like, oh, why is this Pakistan player so good? You know, he didn't, he's never here before. And now Pakistan is placed on world map, basically, say on Tekken world map. Players from Pakistan were actually a lot better compared to some of the players in Korea when, when some of them flew, flew over there. And it's kind of funny. So Malaysia in itself is slowly building, I see they're, they're slowly building their name for certain games, like PUBG, PUBG Mobile. I think they've gone to Abu Dhabi before for the finals, And and it's great where uh, we're seeing that teams in Malaysia are developing into something more competitive and seeing themselves as a powerhouse, being able to fight outside. Have you faced like a younger child Maybe there's always the case where a younger person is always better than you. Like, what do you feel when you face those kinds of, of opponents? At you know, my stage right now, I
1: simply accept it as it is. You know, back then, I'm pretty sure when I started out, people my age now, yeah, were thinking the same thing as well. You know, oh, this kid here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pawn him. You know, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna destroy him, but then he <laughs> destroys me. Uh, simply put. I guess when I was, if if you had asked me this question ten years ago, I would say that uh, that wasn't any problem. Yeah, I'm better than them. I'm gonna be bad. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna win anyway. But at this stage, I'd say you know it 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 should be. You know, we we should we should respect the generational differences. We should respect the uh, the power of youth in itself. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, look, at, I mean, yeah, you know, Hiko, right? I mean, he's in Hundred Years. He's in Valorant mm-hmm. right now. The yeah, latest player, yeah, who's actually now, I, I don't know, his, they're having like sort of friction or some sort of mm-hmm. inner competitive uh, competitive battle between each other, yeah. Uh, 100 Thieves recently hired a 17-year-old, yeah, to be in the same team as this man. And then, you know, every time they, uh, they stream at the same time, you know.
0: People flock to the younger person
1: rather than an older person. No, they, they 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 spark this battle between the two. Like you know, you have to say that oh, you know, Hiko, you know, you're old, and then you know, look at this guy, he's young, and he's better than you. Mm-hmm. And then you can see that you know, even though the guy kept saying that you know, uh, that's not really the case. We should respect him, guys, and whatnot. I guess he has to
0: work on him. You know, it says that like, you know, yes, I'm being acknowledged as being better than the veteran mm-hmm. itself. Well, the veteran is a veteran for a reason, you know. He has he he, well, Indies people say he walked so the other person can run, you know. So, Mo Hiko started, like I I see Hiko's generation like get right, exist all those um OGs, CS:GO players that I, I admire so much. They they paved the way for a lot of people, a lot of like these younger generations to to pursue their esports dream, you know. People would say, "I play games for 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 fun," you know. People, some people get the privilege to say, "I play esports for money," you know, for for my life. Or and, for, yeah, for
1: your income. Yeah,
0: so it's it's well, being in both sides, you know, um, you'll never understand, fully understand how hard it is in esports um, until you actually jump into it. But it's actually when you see it. In, from the inside, you know it's actually a bigger bigger scene, bigger process than you initially thought it was. So, how, um, let's talk about maybe streaming now because a lot of people are streaming uh video games in here and there. Would you consider streaming some games if you were, if, if you had the time? First, yes,
1: but I currently know, and I'll tell you why. Um... In itself, yes, we do see a lot of streamers today. Yeah, I'm very happy with it. I'm very excited with it. But you see that when it comes to streaming in itself, there are certain criteriums for you to be successful. Number one, you have to be a household name. In Malaysia, you see the name Solos. You see the name Frido. You see the name Penjahat. Yeah, Great Packs, uh, all this. And immediately people will start flocking to their stream. Because, you know, before they were a streamer, they they were competitive players, yeah. And their household names, people know who they are. The same with internationally as well, you know. The name Faker in itself pops up on Twitch immediately. You go in, yeah. yeah. Very few, very few, uh, teams got uh become a success, yeah, uh, in the mm-hmm. streaming business because of their innovative, uh, well, innovative way of streaming and itself their content, right? Uh, Tyler One, uh, mm-hmm. and itself, Pokimane, yeah.
0: Uh, that whole mess. He his, really oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> but he is extremely successful yeah, yeah. And, i mean disregarding the negative start of yeah. his career yeah but he got, had,
0: better,
1: you know? he got way better yeah and then you have you have the offline tv crew yeah in itself the content matters the the, the area in itself matters mm-hmm. i see a lot during the kobe era people are now going into streaming yeah they are they go into 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 this line because you know it's it is a great alternative it's good i I say you should push for it but at the same time you know you get discouraged by seeing that you know you keep on streaming days in days out and then the number of viewers doesn't doesn't get higher it it discourages people and then i'm afraid that when it comes to it uh that it discourages people from playing the game entirely yeah because they felt that they're not good enough, they they can't get people to watch, and then eventually I get scared from that myself, you know. So I thought you know, yeah, I'm never going to do streaming, uh, game contents, videos on YouTube. That's a definite. If I'm good at it, I should be doing it, yeah. Uh, but when it comes okay. to streaming in itself, you need to be confident that your content is going to work. You're gonna be, you have to be uh confident that your own visual, yeah. Because you know, you you know I mean, by visual, it's very important. Very... It catches your eye, and it's a,
0: it's a, it's a big problem there. Mm.
1: So, in itself, you have to be very good at what you're doing as well. Because if not, then the question that people have is that, you know, so then what does your stream have to offer when hundreds of thousands of others are streaming at the same time right now?
0: Mm. Seeing how success, success a lot of success stories come from. Facebook Live and then here and there recently, not recently, quite a few years back there was a major blowout of um, this one housewife who decided to stream PUBG on Facebook one day yeah, and now she's, she's uh, one of the most watched players in, on Facebook Live. You, know, you can get lucky sometimes and it strikes you as well but um, casting is a slow process. You, you need to really build up your name, you need to put your name out there. It may take a while but once you get that, it can, it can happen, you know, but, um, it requires time, requires time, and a big name as well. Big name
1: definitely helps, yeah.
0: Uh, but, seeing how it is, okay, um, for example, I'm, uh, would you say, like, people who aren't good at playing the game, but good at reading the game, could actually enter these kinds of, like, um, you know, management, or being a strategist for a team? Definitely, yeah, definitely, um,
1: You look into into how uh, SKT started with in law as well. Who needs to know a lick of how to, to play champions and how to play the game in itself. But what the, he does have is the knowledge of the champions and knowledge of the game because he studies it from a managerial perspective. Yeah, You don't have to be a player first. I mean, it's a, it's a skill. It's, it's, it's a definite plus to have the the knowledge. Yeah, But uh, if you're going at it from a very professional standpoint, There's no reason for you not to be able to learn it beforehand and then adapt to that style afterwards. I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of situations where the manager has no idea, has no idea how to, you know, how to actually maneuver the, the, the the game characters in itself, but they know how the game is being played out. They know the strategies that they need to employ. They know exactly what they need to do. And they had, they know how to handle themselves under pressure. So yeah, it it definitely is, but of course, you know, to get yourself to that spot, you need to apply. Hmm. Yeah, if you don't apply, you'll never know.
0: True. You're Seeing how uh also there's new bigger teams popping up in Malaysia. Where where what what team do you feel like? What teams are there? Do you feel like they have a bigger chance in going further? You know, like now I used to hear or Orangey Sports. I used to hear that was um there wasn't much teams back then, but now it's popping out like Bosco, uh Toda especially as well. Well, where where do you see these teams going forward? you uh, feel like there's newer teams that will overtake these teams or how? And depends. Smaller teams sometimes they get swallowed up
1: by big uh, organizations as well. Yeah. Mine wasn't different from my own experience. Yeah, we were a small team. We we got absorbed to a big corporation, and then we, we became a corporate team itself. uh it's it's pretty interesting to see the the current era right now. You have a lot of community teams. Yeah, people who join the community tournaments, to join the small tournaments. Yeah, their names get up, and you know you have to remember, uh, and I respect the people at do that gaming. Yeah. They're awesome. They started out small. They they, they themselves started out small, mm-hmm. but now look at them. You know, people know their people know that the brand throughout every game that, that you're playing in in Malaysia, because of the effort that they put in to ensure that you know they give the ROI, the return of investment of their players, of their fans, of their audiences. Yeah, they make sure to pay them back. Yeah,
0: like every every see every basically a gamer person I see seen I don't know whether it'll be a Toda chair at the back or some somewhere somewhere it will be Toda, you know? Now in SS fifteen, I think here in Subang they have like a I think a center. I don't know if it's a center or what it's mm-hmm. currently being built. It's above Soul Pocha, I think. Uh, now Toda is being there near Joe's Baba if some of y'all know, lah. Um yeah. So Okay, let's go into maybe slightly a personal side. What what
1: kind of games do you actually mainly enjoy playing? Uh, to be honest, I enjoy mobile games. Yeah, uh, I I do enjoy on a personal side playing shooter games. You know, we've discussed it before. I like Valorant, yeah, especially now. But in itself, you know, I'm not really good at it. But I do play it on a on a personal scale because and then I play it for fun because I know competitively I couldn't shoot a lick. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be able to share it, like, but I enjoy that. Uh, but I say, yeah, MOBA games, card games, online card games, and then, of course, um, yeah, just standard MOBA. Right. Because, yeah, playing with friends is fun. Competitively, I wouldn't advise you to be playing with friends, yeah, mm-hmm. but then when you're playing it within the game, yeah, climbing rank ladders or whatnot, it's it's fun to have people to talk to.
0: Uh, Let's go into, like, one of our final questions. Uh, one of our final things as an educator, the personal educator and a player as well, you see um esports going um esports or anything related into esports going into the education line any anytime soon? It's it's
1: already in. Um depending on the institution that you're talking about, yeah. Uh <laughs> for example, Asia Pacific University, they have their own esports uh module, you know, they have their own department. They have they have uh players yeah that were that were once well known you know people who are already aged but then they work they are experienced they are veterans yeah they know what they're doing, they become the educators. And in itself, it's in the education line. Yeah, it's in the education line. Mm-hmm. We uh, there there are a lot of criticisms from people saying that you know if it's in the education line, there's no point because you know these people they learn on the fly, but. We're seeing a lot of institutions, yeah, or players from institutions who are now currently rising because they've gained that experience beforehand. They receive that certificate, the education certificate, yeah, as a backup plan, and then they they have the knowledge, they have the potential, and then they go into it. They, it's very aggressive because you, you, while you are learning, yeah, you're earning your certificate, mm-hmm. you are competing as well. You're balancing your you you're balancing your studies
0: and your future career at the same time. Mentioning about balancing. Okay, uh, how did you manage to balance the both of uh, your study life and your gaming life, and now especially you're you're doing I think you're doing your master's as well, and also teaching part time at the same. Time. How do you balance all of those? You know, from time in time out.
1: Well, if if I uh, if I show my scheduler to to anyone, yeah, they they would think that you know they 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 always, I I always enjoy the shock face that they have. Um, I'm currently doing my PhD. Mm. I'm I'm also, you know, yeah, I'm working. Uh, I'm working jobs, you know. I'm and then I'm playing and then I'm, be, I'm I'm in the competitive uh, competitive scene as well. Uh, it it's a lot to juggle, and then especially you have to put in social life there as well yeah you know, because you can't exactly go uh, interact with people while having a mobile phone stuck to your face is that's not socializing that's just you know bringing work outside <laughs> yeah. uh, but in itself uh it, finding that 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 fine line for you to manage both you, everything yeah it's it's a lot to take in and i i find myself sometimes back when i first started yeah that i I you know, I was in fact leaning a lot more to playing games, and then there was a time that you know I was concentrating on my competitions. I was focused more on my work, and then I was focused more on my on my studies. It's a lot to take in, but it, it's not impossible as long as you can find the right balance, yeah, and still have a life outside meaning that you still socialize, you still see the greeneries, not actual just, you know, in-game trees.
0: People will say, go out and touch some grass, you know, when you're playing too long already.
1: I mean, mean, more so for health purposes, yeah, so it's, it's a good thing to have. It's it's a good thing that if, that I believe that everyone can find that balance, yeah, and when they do, you'll find that it's all the more easy to be able to juggle all of this. Okay,
0: on a final note, uh, what do what what would you like to see from esports itself in the next maybe five to ten years? Let's say, what what would you what how would you see esports growing in Malaysia and in, in, in general? In general, I would like us to at least establish a a
1: very linear traditional career path. Yeah, like how they're doing it in South Korea right now. You know, if you're an esports player, you have to register. You have to actually have a license. Yeah. Oh, okay. To call yourself an esports player, yeah, you know that for the corporations in itself, when you're playing League of Legends in South Korea, you need to have a license. Okay, uh okay. you're playing Dota, you need to have a license as well. And they become traditional. I I I like it if it became a norm, mm. like how you'd have football teams, yeah, uh, associated with corporations. Uh, I would like to see that with esports as well here in Malaysia. A lot of other countries are doing it outside, yeah. South Korea is doing it, America is doing it, the UK is doing it, France is doing it. Uh, heck, even India is doing it right now, and Indonesia, yeah? Yeah, even Indonesia is doing Indonesia it. Indonesia doing it already? Okay. Yeah, yeah they're doing it already. Yeah. EVOS is a household name, and mm-hmm. they're a company first before they dabbled into esports. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like to see Malaysia doing it as well. But I know that right now in itself, yeah, even with all the acceptance that we have, the amount of people against esports to be normalised is still huge. Yeah, I'm not gonna deny that there are a lot of a lot more critics than than we
0: do have supporters. Well, maybe by the time our generation is brought up, most probably it will be that time where esports is finally. Fully accepted in the general public. Yeah, you know? <laughs> because you can take the case
1: study from the current pandemic. You can see that you know what is generating more money. Uh, mm-hmm. is it physical sports or is it esports? You can see that esports players have mm-hmm. no issues adapting to the pandemic situation. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we're seeing a lot of our athletes. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I mean, and I'm not giving any flag to them. Yeah, what they, you know, I'm very proud of them. They should be proud what they're doing, but at the same time. It's struggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's struggling to survive in itself during the pandemic situation, and then you know, if you think about all the opportunities, all of the uh, youngsters right now, yeah, who are looking for employ uh, employment opportunities, yeah, and then they're good at playing video games. They're good at the games that they're playing competitively. They should be given a chance. They should be given a platform for them to rise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. And all it right. can't happen. It can't happen if. If people at the top, they don't yeah. give them a chance to to shine, yeah.
0: Well, I guess that's uh, all the time we have today. Thank you so much for having for coming on um, our podcast today and uh, telling you all about your experience and what you feel about esports and all behind the scenes. In sense, I learned a few new things, and I hope that like everybody who is listening in, uh, learned a few couple of things. Um, first of all uh, just to clarify about um the FYP that we're doing, uh rage is in short, is uh, rise and glory of eSports. so uh, our main goal is to show that eSports is rising in English and there is more to it than than meets the eye. so um this wouldn't be the last, first and last uh session that we're having um in the near future i think about a week or so we'll be having um professional pubg players um giving their insights and talks about um how they got into the game and everything but that one will be posted up soon so anyways um i would like you guys to follow our page um at inc underscore rage if i'm not mistaken um From there, you can find our other pages, our Twitter page, our Facebook page, where we will be posting up a few things here and there, our information, as well as uh, tidbits of information saying, okay, what is uh, casting, what is management, and everything, all of that. And also um, a competition that we're planning up for Rage as well. So I hope you guys had a good time. Thank you again, Sir Amar. as i'm I, I'm sorry if I still butchered <laughs> that. Thank you so much again for um, spending uh, uh, your time of day to talk to us and to share your experience.
1: Happy to be here Happy to be here
0: <laughs> All right without further ado, um from us Antos and also um the INC crew from my my class. We thank you for listening and hope to see you guys in our events hopefully soon. All right. Take care, everyone. Stay safe and please don't go out. It's PKP. Take care. Goodbye.